Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When in romance listeners, you can live your best bookish life with the updated perks at Book Riot Insiders. We've sweetened the current short story and novel levels and introduced a brand new epic level, and you can try out any level for free for two weeks. The highlight is our new group read available to all epic members, and there's no cap on epic, so the more the merrier. Each quarter, we'll read a book voted on by Epic subscribers that will fulfill at least one task of the 2020 Read Harder Challenge and cap off our read-along with a live chat. But wait, there's more. You can get the full details on this and all of the other perks, and you can sign up at insiders.bookriot.com. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, your favorite place to listen to us talk about romance novels and authors and other things somehow connected to those two or the thing that connects the two. I don't know. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And I think you are more existential today than I am, Jess. Apparently that's, I mean, I'm not even on any medication. Cold medication. I I am a little under the weather, but I don't actually like cold medication, so I am you will not get to enjoy me on whatever happens to my body and my brain when Dayquil enters my system. But we'll yeah, so we'll just get to listen uh to whatever the slightly under the weather version of you is. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's gonna be an adventure. It is. Um and just to get the usual stuff out of the way, this is episode fifty four. And we are recording on Thursday, March 5th, 2020. We are indeed. Uh, You're holding, you're hanging in there. You're doing great. I'm doing great. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like I am going to be behaving this way when we are recording after uh, we've done the spring forward time change thing. Oh, gosh. I don't handle that well. And it will take me, without a doubt, at least two weeks to get used to it. Sorry. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. But in, in better, more uh, short-term news, I'll give you one quick fun fun thing that we know this week before we get into our first ad spot. And that is, uh, if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, our friends at The Rift Bodice have a new Instagram filter. Okay, I think that's what it is. It's one of those things where you're looking at people's stories and they hold their phones <laughs> over their heads or... No, they don't. Hold. So Jess and I were talking beforehand. Neither of us actually knows how these work. Um, so I saw it and actually shout out to Summer who sent it my way. But so you don't. We're, yeah, again, we're not really sure how these work. But it's the thing where this like, what Disney character are you? I mean, you open your camera and you look at it and things happen. Yeah. And I think probably you should have Instagram open also. I feel like that's yeah, probably a big step too. as well. <laughs> that is key. I think you, you need your, your camera open on stories. And the rest you figure out on your own. And I think they have a couple, they've been playing with a couple others. There might be like a walk around Pemberley one or something. I can't remember. I think I saw one of them messing around with that one. See, so Jess and I are here to alert you to this. And then 
But not help you in any way. Exactly, <laughs> not help you in any way. Um, but do feel free to feel free to either tag us or let us know what romance trope you ended up being or how your walk around Pemberley went. I, we don't know. But congratulations and thanks to the people at the Rift Bodice for uh, adding a little bit of extra extra joy into the world. Absolutely. And again, thanks to Summer for for sending that our way. So if any of you figure it out, we are super proud of you. Congratulations. Yes. And they're bringing this extra joy as preparation for our not joy that will happen on March 10th Mm. when they release the diversity report. (laughs) So to build you up, to just pull you back down. We take the joy when we can get it. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. And with that, we actually will uh, maybe do our first ads. Well, how Jess? Yeah, let's do that. Many thanks to Flatiron Books, the publisher of Una Out of Order, by Margarita Montemore. Una Lockhart has her whole life before her. Should she go to London to study economics or remain at home in Brooklyn to pursue her passion for music and be with her boyfriend? As the countdown to the new year begins, Una faints and awakens 32 years in the future. Greeted by a friendly stranger in a beautiful house she's told is her own, Una learns that with each passing year, she will leap to another age at random. Just because life may be out of order doesn't mean it's broken. Una Out of Order is a remarkably inventive novel that explores what it means to live a life fully in the moment, even if those moments are out of sequence. So thanks again to Flatiron Books and Una Out of Order by Margarita Montemore. All right. So we, as has become a regular segment on the show, (laughs) we do have some actual RWA updates for you and... For once, they're not terrible. Um, But before we get into them, a quick thing that I wanted to mention. um, I was not clear when I was talking about one of the pieces of the RWA news last week. So we talked briefly about the um, CIM RWA board making uh, a decision, voting to dissolve the membership. I think the way that we talked about that and specifically that I talked about that uh, was that the board of that chapter had voted to bring a vote of dissolution to their membership. And when we recorded, we didn't have the results of that vote. And so we didn't know whether or not they had voted to dissolve. And actually, as it turns out, I'm still not sure, Jess, how that vote went. Uh, Same. I haven't seen any information come out of people who I know are on the board, but I don't know how long they would leave something like that open to vote. So we'll we'll see what happens in the next few days. Yeah, and there wasn't, as far as I could tell at least, there wasn't an update on the, the cultural, interracial, and multicultural chapter of Romance Writers of America is, is what the CIM RWA is. And their Twitter feed doesn't have an update either. So it may be that um, it may be that they've decided to go a different direction, Jess, and mm-hmm. as we were discussing before, there's a reason that they may have decided to do that. There there are some people who have decided to try to right the ship. It's a group of people, I'm not familiar with all of them, but they're, it's a group of folks who have decided to uh, run for the board positions that are open. So not everyone, you know, vacated their membership, not everyone... Um, and the, the no judgment. I mean, people had to make whatever decision they thought was best for them. But as we've discussed before, a number of people walked away, either from the board or from RWA or both. And some of the folks that um, we have talked about before, Anna Zabo being one of them, 
who I love. They are wonderful. Uh, and also Laquette, who I think we've mentioned on this show. I will confess, I have not read a lot of Laquette, so I am behind. But there are folks who have made the decision, like I mentioned, to um, try to do something, you know, who have actually mm-hmm. decided, all right, we're going to go in and, and try to make some change. Yeah. And, you know, everyone, especially the people of color who have decided to run for board positions, are being completely uh, transparent in their their call to action. They they believe that they have the ability to help right this ship, but are not calling upon their fellow marginalized people to come back right away because there's still some some stuff that needs to happen within the organization, within the organization membership that really has to make the people who left feel safe in returning. And, you know, they, but the people who are running for board positions are determined to make it so it is safe or safer, I guess. Yeah, I think it's, there are, uh, I think there is a, what I, to the extent that I know uh, much about any of these folks, it, it does seem like a, um, relatively diverse group of people. But as you mentioned, Jess, um, some of the folks that we follow who have been following this closely seem to have sort of rallied around a particular list of people who they think would be a good hashtag team diversity, uh, mm-hmm. which is a real hashtag. You should follow it. Um, and also hashtag RWA elections. Uh, you know, a good inclusive bunch who are who are willing to try to to do that work that you were just talking about so we'll make sure that we um link to one of the tweets of that list but you know we mentioned some of the names of the folks who are running you'll be able to find the other ones here and maybe dig out a little bit more of what people are trying to do it it looks as well and i don't have the tweet pulled up because i have been hopping around twitter a little bit but my thought is that also some people have been rejoining and that that is an option Mm -hmm. that if you rejoin rwa you can vote so, you know, it's it's obviously <laughs> continues to be an evolving situation. But one of, I think, the more hopeful things in terms of the future of the organization that I've seen, honestly, since December 23rd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, there's still there's still a ways to go. We can't say that that everything will be right and righted by, say, at the RWA National Conference at the end of July. But depending on, well, I mean, looking at what is happening with these special elections, I can't imagine that there won't be some changes being made almost immediately, depending on how how well the people who take on these leadership roles embrace their fiduciary duty to get the sinking ship back on top of the water. <laughs> yeah, uh, so... Good luck to all of those folks. And I hopefully, uh, yeah, as just said, it's progress is always slow. Uh, but this, this does seem like finally in this epic story, and maybe it was all progress just, just in (laughs) horrific and terrible, very strange and awful ways. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, this seems like less strange and awful. Uh, and, you know, congrats to the folks that are willing to take that work on. So yes, absolutely. Um, and we actually have more good news. Romance for Literacy is a thing. So if I'm not mistaken, Jess, the um, kind of background here is that RWA has, tra- has traditionally 
raised a fair amount of money for literacy efforts. Mm-hmm. And um, Beverly Jenkins and Tessa Dare are the two names I keep seeing. So I may be wrong about that. But uh, those are two authors that we've certainly talked about, both of them extensively, uh, who sort of thought, you know, maybe uh, just because RWA isn't existing in the way that it, it once did, we should could still do a thing. So they have created I'm not familiar with Rally Bound, but it seems like they are there are teams and there's money being raised. I don't know, Jess. <laughs> what what are the many, many pieces of this story that I'm missing? So at the the, the RWA National Conference on I think the last day or the day before last, there's a big um literacy event where all of the proceeds well, maybe not all of the proceeds, but a significant amount of money raised from book sales and signings and entry fees or whatever goes to pro literacy, which is the organization that romance for literacy is connected to. Um, and because in part, because there's a large fear that there won't be as much money going into it because there won't be as much attendance at the conference. Um, they did, they, created this online romance for literacy event and i'll tell you i saw it pop up because i follow pro literacy on facebook for like some kind i mean i'm a librarian i follow a lot of very odd groups on facebook um and i saw the romance for literacy thing pop up in early february but there was literally nothing about it there were no teams created i had no clue if it was even a real thing so i didn't really know much about it until what early this week or late last week when Beverly Jenkins and Tessa Dare and Courtney Milan started posting about it um, and creating the teams. What you could do is you can join a team or create a team. Um, some of the teams in, in this particular fundraising event have um, names that we can't say without making the podcast explicit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you know they you can uh join the team contribute to the teams or donate separately um and i believe that this is in part going to not just adult literacy but um domestic violence survivors and i haven't i haven't explored deeply enough to figure out where the bridge is between the two as far as where the the actual funds are going, but it seems like it's it's a really robust kind of organization that has all of those items in place in order to make sure the money goes where it's supposed to. And um, as of 7.30 Mountain Time on Thursday, March 5th, they've raised almost $20,000 and they have a $50,000 goal. Let's double their goal, um, if we can, before the end of the drive, which I'm not actually sure when that is. So fair. I well, and I'm not even sure if they're. I don't know how this works. Maybe there isn't an end, or maybe maybe it's just ongoing. Well, and I think I live in the future, Jess, because we're at nine thirty uh, Eastern time. Uh, they are over twenty thousand dollars. So maybe I just refreshed my page more recently. <laughs> you probably I just did, and they they are definitely over twenty thousand dollars. I hadn't refreshed. I didn't know it didn't just do it itself. 
And I'll definitely link to this page in the show notes so that you can donate or you can register, you can find a team, including those with the uh, explicit titles that we discussed <laughs> earlier. But yeah, this is another, another may your efforts succeed kind of a, a situation. Absolutely. Which is cool. So in the spirit of, of all of those exciting goals and, and sort of battles that folks are taking on, we have some, some recs that we'll talk about in a minute. But before we do, let me just do one more sponsor so that we are in the clear to talk more romance for the rest yes. of the episode. So thanks as well to Flatiron Books, which publishes Anna Kay by Jenny Lee. Every happy teenage girl is the same, while every unhappy teenage girl is miserable in her own special way. Meet Anna Kay. At 17, she is at the top of her Manhattan and Greenwich society, even if she prefers the company of her horses and her dogs. She has the perfect, if perfectly boring, boyfriend, and she has always made her Korean-American father proud, even if he can be a little controlling. Meanwhile, Anna's brother and his girlfriend are trying to weather a sexting scandal. Her little sister is struggling to recalibrate to normal life after an injury derails her ice dancing career. And Stephen's best friend, Dustin, is madly and one-sidedly in love with Anna's sister. As her friends struggle with the pitfalls of ordinary teenage life, Anna always seems to be able to sail gracefully above it all. That is until the night that she meets Alexia, Count Vronsky, at Grand Central. A notorious playboy who has bounced around boarding schools and who lives for his own pleasure. Alexia is everything Anna is not, but he's never been in love until he meets Anna, and maybe she hasn't either. As the two are pulled irresistibly together, she has to decide how much of her life she's willing to let go for the chance to be with him. And when a shocking revelation threatens to shatter their relationship, she's forced to question if she's ever known herself at all. Dazzlingly opulent and emotionally riveting, Anna Kay, A Love Story, is a brilliant reimagining of Tolstoy's timeless love story, Anna Karenina. But above it all, it is a novel about the dizzying, glorious, heart-stopping experience of first love and first heartbreak. Since it says first, I'm like hoping there are no trains involved at the end. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess we'll see. We'll see. Maybe potential content warning if you have not read anna karenina maybe you should read a summary of it before you read this book <laughs> <laughs> but it um you know it sounds like there's a lot of really interesting family pieces to this yes yes there are could be a lot going on there yeah so once again that is Flatiron books the publisher of anna k by jenny lee thank you to them indeed all right. So as discussed, um, we, we definitely have some book recommendations. We're, we're excited about a couple of kinds of book recommendations. And first, you know, in honor of these folks, um, both who are, you know, raising money for literacy, but even more in honor of those who are trying to, I'm going to not be able to, to recreate Jess's metaphor, but let's yeah. just say right the ship over there at RWA. We thought we might take a minute to talk about uh, just a handful of books about people who are, who are facing difficult odds uh, and manage to face them with a plum and mm. all of those sort of resourcefulness and hard work and, and good friends and, and maybe, maybe, maybe a little love, a little romance. <laughs> so who do you have, Jess? Who, who is facing challenging odds in your, in your library today? Well, you know, I was, I've been thinking about a lot of the books that I've, I've read in, oh, the past 15 months and they've, a lot of them have been sort of like 
challengeless. Not that there hasn't been some kind of conflict, because there has to be some kind of conflict in our romances, even the ones that are almost complete fluff. But the people that are in them, unless I was reading some kind of suspense novel, weren't particularly trying to overcome some kind of big obstacle, um, in part, you know, because I get to choose what I'm reading and I don't want them to have to do too much struggling. Yeah, and because that stresses you out, because sometimes yes. I have that problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I do not want to be stressed out um, by the people that I want to fall in love with. Um, but one book that really came to the forefront of my mind when I was thinking about this kind of book was uh, Damaged Goods by Talia Hibbert, which probably isn't the first book that you'd think of as far as um, successfully overcoming an obstacle, like a, a really big obstacle. Sure. But um, this is one of those that is really my kind of obstacle, which is like, Getting through something that is so emotionally harrowing that you come through on the other side a better person. And Damaged Goods is the 1.5 book in the Ravenswood series. It's not, um, it's not a short novella, but it's not a full length book like the other Ravenswood books are. Um, and the main character is actually kind of the antagonist in the first Ravenswood book or one of the antagonists um, and we get to see that she herself also was being antagonized by the real antagonist of the first book um, and she has to recover from that in part by you know reuniting with a childhood sweetheart who because of various misunderstandings it did not make it to be adult sweetheart um but also you know she has to go through some self-realization and self-actualization and um she is also pregnant so she has to like sort of figure out how to become a mother um without her husband who is a horrible human being so there's there's layers of personal obstacles instead of like some kind of some kind of big bad really trying to like take take you out. That's Damaged Goods by Talia Hibbert. Fair. I'm on record as loving that book also. I think that's obstacles come in all shapes and sizes. They sure do. Delightful. Uh I will give you one that is different it's it's I would say in many ways it's a different kind of challenge. Uh and that <laughs> is Think of England. It's by KJ Charles. It takes place in the early nineteen hundreds um and features Archie who is a uh military veteran who a couple of years before was injured and also lost many of his colleagues in a terrible military accident. But he he is under the impression that it was not necessarily an accident, that maybe there were ulterior forces at work. And so uh, in order to figure this out, he ends up going to this, you know, country house with this very wealthy family. So he's trying to solve this mystery. And he runs into another guest named Daniel, who is, uh, <laughs> he's, he's a different kind of guy than Archie in a lot of ways, you can read it and find out how, um, but they're trying to figure out they, they end up working together to figure out um, what's going on with this, this wealthy family out in the country. And the odds are against them in many ways, um, including in that they uh, develop a, 
a romantic and physical relationship and then people find out. And um, at that time in place, um, it was illegal to have a same sex relationship. And so they're dealing with that. But they're also trying to figure out all of this blackmail and treachery. So there are obstacles galore. Uh, but they, well, I'm not going to tell you how it goes. But I think rest assured that there is an HEA for everyone. Uh, so again, that's Think of England by KJ Charles. Did you have another one of these, Jess? Or should I should I offer one more? Why don't you go ahead and offer one more? I will indeed. This is uh, one of my favorite books, as all of you know, to talk about, which is Thirsty by Mia Hawkins. <laughs> um, and Sal, who is uh, the one of the two main characters in this book, and also the narrator, which we've talked about before. It's not always super common in a male-female romance to have um, an exclusively male POV, but uh, but that is how Thirsty goes, and it goes really well. Um, and Sal, again, facing a, a variety of obstacles. He has no money. He's recently been released from prison, uh, and he is trying to figure out how to get out of the gang um, that his involvement with is part of what led him to prison. Um, he doesn't really have a place to live. His job is not going great. Um, he ends up staying sort of in the kind of garage of a, of a neighbor who uh, who happens to have a granddaughter <laughs> who is, uh, let's just say, the object of some of Sal's affection. <laughs> um, so Vanessa is a single mom. She's kind of dealing with her own challenges, um, but she's she's doing better than Sal. Um, but the two of them together are trying to figure out if they are going to be able to build a relationship um, given all of the many challenges they're facing. This is one of those books, I will tell you that uh, normally my level of anxiety would not have allowed me to read it because the whole time you're like, how is this possibly ever going to work out? And again, I won't tell you any secrets, but HEAs all around. So, um, oh, and this one actually ends on a cliffhanger too. Uh, <laughs> but the second book, Trashed, is, is out. So you can read this book, read the cliffhanger, and then get into Trash, and you'll 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 find it all out. Yeah, yeah. And that pair of books is just, it's so great. And is another one of those that, you know, there are external obstacles, but there's a lot of internal and interior stuff that both brothers have to have to figure out. Yeah, that is a great point. A lot of internal obstacles. So again, that's Thirsty by Mia Hopkins. And then the second book that we were talking about is Trashed, also by Mia Hopkins. And hopefully the third book will be out soon and I won't have to wait any longer. The end. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I know you're busy. You have a small child who is adorable. You don't owe me anything. But if you wanted to finish the third book, I would be here for it. I think there's a time. So there was a um a, a chapter at the end of Trashed that is like a preview of the third book. That It's like the first chapter of the third book. And they do like a time jump. They do it like a, I think like a five or six year time jump. So that's always interesting. Some, I think some authors pull that off better than others. And I have no doubt that Mia Hopkins will be one of the ones that pulls it off. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. And also, Trash was one of the uh, recipients of the first annual Rip Bodice Award. So that is yet one more reason to uh, go find it. <laughs> As if you needed more. As if you needed more. Um, and there will be a handy link right there in the show notes. So you can just just open up that that podcast and and click right over. Yep. So we thought that would be fun. And yeah, hopefully if you all have other books about people succeeding, overcoming obstacles, doing what seems like on page five might be impossible by mm -hmm. figuring it out somehow by page 200 or whatever. Let us know. There's always some inspiration in that, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Our other our other category was a request of mine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
I'm really trying to hold up that New Year's resolution. It's not even New Year's resolution. It's just like a thing I'm trying to build a habit around, which is going to the gym. Mm -hmm. And so I really need some books that will hold my attention. And actually, um, Selma, the wonderful friend of mine who cuts my hair, um, I was trying to sell her on romance. She was like, Mio, I always, I'm reading in the evenings and I always fall asleep. So I was like, okay. We're going to find some books for me to read at the gym and some books that are going to keep you up at night, but not in a bad way. <laughs> and we're going to we're going to make this work for both of us. So, yes. Jess, come at me. What do you have that I can read at the gym? Well, I will tell you, I have been collecting Kristen Callahan books literally for almost a decade. I can scroll through from the beginning of when I bought my iPad um, and downloaded the Kindle app in like 2012 to see some early download and then scroll through and see more and more and more. But it wasn't until um, a work friend and I both decided that we really wanted to read uh, the first two VIP books because I found them. I came across them on Twitter. I think um, someone I follow was talking about a specific scene in Managed, which is the second book. And we were like, okay, we're going to read these. Um, so we both checked them out and she hadn't even gotten to the first one and I had finished both of them. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. You're ahead of the game. I like that. Yeah. So it was like less than a weekend. So this is, um, the first book is called Idol and uh, the VIP series is about a group of people, um, who are connected through a, a rock band, the, you know, the biggest band in the world. Um, maybe not the biggest, but, um, and in Idol, we actually start out where the band has sort of broken up and there is a lovely meet cute question mark involving <laughs> a crashed motorcycle and a water hose. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> And um, the and Idol is is one of those where you just devour it. You you have to keep going. Um, and it might have been because I had managed in my hand and wanted to get to managed too. So I was just like, I gotta make it through this one if I want to read this one. And the third book is actually out. I'm just waiting for it from the library because it it's taking too long. Um, and that one is Idol. And I, there's another one coming out soon-ish. Um, they're self-published. So Kristen Callahan was like, I finished this one. So we'll see when it's released. And it's not just members of the band. It's managed is their manager, actually. And their social media manager slash photographer. So <laughs> it could be anybody is what I'm saying. And Kristen Callahan just like writes in a way that is overwhelmingly compelling and compulsive to read and it creates characters that you just want to be friends with and that you have to make sure that they're okay so that sounds adorable so that's idle and managed and fall by kristen callahan okay i think you said the third book was idle so the first book is idle the second book is managed and the third book is fall yes all right perfect i will link to at least one of those, probably all three, because why not? Uh, <laughs> in the show notes also. So one of the first books that I and I, you know, I hadn't even as I was thinking about this, um, because I too have some books I can recommend for this category that I had requested for my own selfish interest. Uh, 
So one of the books, actually, ironically, that I was thinking of when I was trying to think of what would keep somebody's attention, um, actually takes place at a gym. And that is Fit by Rebecca Weatherspoon. I think part of the reason that this book moves really quickly for me is that it's relatively short. It's under 100 pages. Um, and in the first chapter, you meet Violet, who's trying really hard to get into shape. And she essentially gets fired from like the gym class that she's in. Like the person who's the instructor comes up to her after and she's like, hey, Violet, yeah, this isn't for you. This isn't, it's not, I saw, like, I appreciate that you're doing your best. And I'm going to help you by connecting you with a a personal trainer who's maybe, you know, you're not going to hate it as much. And Mm -hmm. Violet was like, okay, I'm trying to see the best in this, but all right. (laughs) So then we get introduced to uh, the personal trainer who immediately you start to find has a little bit of like a dominance. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's necessarily BDSM, but there's definitely some some of pieces of that going on. Uh, and this is in chapter one. So you are, you know, all the way in chapter one. That is what's happening here. So all of that to say, it moves quickly. It takes place at a gym. You get into it right away. Or I should say Rebecca Weatherspoon gets into it right away. <laughs> uh, and it will, I think it will hold your attention. Give it a try. Uh, that's Fit by Rebecca Weatherspoon. And it's a, it's a whole, as we both have, I think, talked about before, there's a three or four books in this mm-hmm. series. So so if you read it and you like it, you can just hop around right to the next one. Good to go. I did not realize that book was less than 100 pages. Yeah. According to Goodreads, the Kindle edition, which doesn't actually have physical pages, so I don't really know, but whatever, uh, is 83 pages. Huh. It's it's like such a complete story that it feels that it feels like it must be longer because there's like so much in it. But that's another story for another day. <laughs> no, I think that's a great actually way of describing it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't feel like a novella even though it certainly does fit that definition mm-hmm. all right jess what else you got well this is this is um an, an author recommendation in part because i couldn't pick one of her books um and that is lucy eden who is a great personality to follow on twitter if you don't and she just she has so many of her own personal initiatives that she sort of um does to not only like stay in the forefront of people's minds but to sort of help other authors especially authors of color um to be present on the interwebs and the first book i read by her was bear with me which is a shifter romance featuring a bear but her most recent one is blind date with a book boyfriend and the the very first scene starts with her reading a blind date with a book description and somebody saying over her shoulder what the book is. And (gasps) no, (laughs) that's terrible. Blind date with a book etiquette. (laughs) It's very much is. Um, So they don't quite get off on the right foot, but it turns into kind of a game. So it becomes a little more okay. Um, But as short as some of her stories are, they are also that same kind of, compulsive read that you like you look up and suddenly you're halfway through it um because there's just been you know you've been buried in 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 the story so much that time just kind of goes away which is great for reading at the gym i think agreed 100 percent, or for keeping you up you know because then you can just think hey i'm just gonna finish this book it's gonna be great yep two notes if you don't know what blind dates with books are it's that thing when you walk into a bookstore, sometimes you'll see a book wrapped in paper and all it says is like three, you know, maybe bullets about what is in the book, but it doesn't tell you what the actual book is or who the author is. 
I don't know how much you pay for them. I guess I've never bought one. Yeah, I like. I think I thought about buying one at one point and then decided not to. But I'm guessing that they're like whatever mass market prices. You know, people who sell them probably know how to do UPC kind of stuff. Yeah, or maybe they're just like, okay, all of these are five dollars. Everybody yeah. just pick one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe you didn't buy it just because you didn't know what you were going to be paying. You were yeah. like, if this book costs $80, <laughs> this isn't going to work. Nope, not at all. And second note, Bear With Me is not to be confused with My Boyfriend is a Bear, which is a different book Yes, that we talked about a couple of episodes ago. That one is just a bear. Yeah, there's no shifting. <laughs> that That bear does not turn back into a human. <laughs> nope, 100% bear. Still a great book. Feel free to listen back a couple of episodes and, and find that. All right, let me give you a couple more. So first of all, uh, one of my, I will tell you, one of my all-time most recommended and and favorite romances is a book called Something About You by Julie James. It is part of her series is about FBI agents and US attorneys and generally some combination of one or both or neither. Eh, Maybe not neither. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a great series. Uh, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so this is the first book in that series. And the reason that I recommend this one to somebody who's trying to immediately get hooked into a book is that... The book literally starts with um, Cameron, who's the U.S. attorney, is staying in a hotel room for complicated reasons right now that you don't need to know. Uh, <laughs> and she is being kept up because the people in the hotel room next door to her are having very loud sex <laughs> and a lot of it. And so she's super irritated because she's paid all this money for this hotel room. These people are ruining it. So finally, they stop. But then she hears, if I'm remembering right, she hears like gunshots. Oh, and she no. sees someone running away. And then the someone in the room next door has been murdered. Oh, no. So yeah, being a US attorney, she calls the police as one does. <laughs> Hopefully all of us would do that. But certainly if you're a US attorney. <laughs> and it turns out that Special Agent Jack Palace is the uh, agent who is assigned. And they have a bit of a history. Oh, no. He was an undercover agent. Uh, he blames Cameron for ruining his career. She was doing her best. There were some <laughs> misunderstandings. She also had some forces working against her. So the things that I love about this book, in addition to the fact that it hooks you right away, is that it's a great romantic comedy, but it's also a romantic suspense kind of a book. And it isn't if you are into... I never think of myself as being into enemies to lovers, but I actually really do like this one. And there's some great supporting characters, some of whom get their own books eventually, and others of whom uh, just kind of you get to follow along as they get sort of a secondary love story here and there. So oh, that's nice. Yeah, I really, really like this book. Even just kind of talking about it makes me want to um, read it again. There's actually a very sexy scene where there's some undressing going on that doesn't, I don't even think, lead to anything particularly steamy, but it's sort of a old school, old Hollywood kind of a feel. So <laughs> that's Something About You by Julie James. And I will just mention one other that I just started because I was thinking to myself, you know, romantic suspense is great. Who is my recent default for romantic suspense? And that's Helen K. Diamond. Uh, And I bought a book of hers several years ago called Mr. and Mr. Smith that I had not read. So um, some male male romance. And if you are familiar with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, it is a similar (laughs) setup. And that these two people meet, they start dating, and neither of them knows exactly what the other one is doing. And Oh, there's a lot of secrets. Uh, I'm only I'm only a couple of chapters in, but um, one of them has had their house broken into and has received a note saying that bad guys have taken this this mild mannered, completely unassuming, definitely not undercover in any way, a guy that he's dating. <laughs> only as you may have guessed, Jess, that's not the full story. 
Uh-huh. Which is good because it happens in chapter one, so it'd be a real bummer if that was the full story. Yeah. You know, I think I have that one, too. I'll have to uh, uh, scrounge it up. Ooh, if it's good and we both like it, maybe we can make it a book club book. Oh, man. So again, that's Mr. and Mr. Smith by Helen K. Diamond. And I'm only just starting it, but I will I will keep you all posted. Any others for this that you wanted to mention, Jess? I, I will throw out that two that I actually managed to hold on to and not leave the gym early as I was slowly, slowly, slowly walking on the treadmill. <laughs> hey, it counts. And in the recent past were um, Proper English by K.J. Charles, which I think is actually related to Think of England um, in some kind of way. I haven't read Think of England, but I know that it's um, it's connected to the, the story either in that time period or in some period of years before or after. I can't remember. Um, and White Whiskey Bargain, um, which I think I actually stayed on the treadmill too long reading oh. that one <laughs> i looked up and it was like oh i've been walking a long time <laughs> and that one if you if i if you don't recall me talking about it before i think i've mentioned it before maybe trisha you've mentioned it no i think yeah i think you definitely did but just in case anybody happened for some reason to miss that episode that one is a uh, marriage of convenience between two moonshine families in contemporary Appalachia. And it, the both families are actually led by people of color. So it's kind of a, um, a world that we don't often see. And just the writing is super compelling. Um, I really like that author's books. I've completely forgotten her name right now. And um, just the story is so different and like starts out with a bang and you just have to keep going to figure out how on earth all of this is going to be successfully done. And I think Jody Slaughter is the author you were looking for on that one, Jess, but that'll be in the show notes too. Great. Thank you. I, I could, I could not come up with the right last name and I know that Jody Foster did not write that book. So <laughs> I mean, but what if she did? <laughs> Uh, what if Jodie Slaughter and Jodie Foster... Have you ever seen Jodie Foster and Jodie Slaughter in the same place at the same time? No. No, I have not. <laughs> well, so who's to say? Speaking of Jodie Foster... Oh, this is going to be a great transition, everybody. Get excited. So speaking of Jodie Foster, <laughs> sort of, um, she is in movies and... <laughs> probably our next episode, or, or if we ended up having to bump it one, we will. But within our next month or so, uh, Jess and I want to dedicate an episode to adaptations, mm-hmm. um, whether we I think we have all been swept up in them in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Virgin River was a thing that I definitely marathoned uh, in December. Oh, yes. <laughs> Deadly Sexy is finally out on Amazon. It has been for a while. So that's another by the wonderful Beverly Jenkins. Mm-hmm. And we know there are more. <laughs> We yes. even know of some of the ones that are more, but we were trying to figure out where to, where to put our focus. I will confess that I have not watched any, I don't think, of the others. Uh, so I'm trying to, you know, think through what I should be watching and seeing. So let us know what romance adaptations are out there that you are excited about and really liked or that you are not excited about and didn't like. <laughs> I'm happy to go either way. Yeah. And we can sort of talk a little bit about some of those specifically, kind of almost in the book club way that we've done some some conversations before. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think, I, I don't know. Are there others, Jess, that you loved and have, are you ready to talk about? Well, I, uh, not love, but I am actually <laughs> considering 
re-upping my passion flicks membership so that i can hate watch gabriel's inferno sure and not not because i'm sure that i'm going to hate it but because the reading the book was such a practice and effort justification that i want to see how they actually translated that into a movie and the people at passion flicks like uh tosca musk has been doing some really great work but I know that there are other people who are doing adaptations. So if you know about any, especially if they are not ones that are only available if you have a Passion Flicks membership, um, I'd love to hear about your thoughts and where I should watch them. Agreed. 100%. So yeah, so send those our way. We are easy to find. You can email us at whenandromance at bookriot.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Trisha Haley Brown. And you can find me on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word, or on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And as we mentioned before, feel free to send us your favorite romances about people succeeding and overcoming obstacles and whatnot. Uh, or also, if you have other recommendations for books that will hold my attention <laughs> on an elliptical machine or hold my friend Selma's attention so she doesn't fall asleep while reading, <laughs> please don't hesitate to let us know that too. Absolutely. And in the meantime, happy reading, everybody. Happy reading. <laughs>